Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuchinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to May the 1st, 2023, week 18 of this big year for us on planet Earth. We are activespirituality.life. Pamela Kuchnell is going to let us know all about the very first week of May, 1 through 7, and then I will be back for our contemplation, our meditation, our little 10-minute Zoom. Okay, Pam, what's in store for this uh, first week of May? Okay, May Day. On the 1st of May, the moon is in the sign of Virgo. It's Beltane. So blessings to all who recognize this time of year in the quarter cycle as we're in between equinox solstice um, we have quarter passes where um, the relationship in the sun and moon and the earth are in a certain configuration that has to do about passages the interesting thing about this day yes the moon is in the sign of virgo may day rich day depending on the hemisphere you're in it has to do with um, harvesting and or uh, starting to sink in to building for the harvest and it's with that virgo moon regardless of where we are on the planet we invite in a lot of healing energy. And also, I think because of where the moon is traveling at this time of year, particular to 2023, it's also about our, our restoring or reconnecting to Earth's spiritual place on the overall connection with the universe. and. When you think about space, reality, physical form, our relationship to the earth as human beings, thinking beings, ideally conscious beings, what we can actually do with the earth in a way that is energetically restorative is so complex and and beautiful but it takes focus on realizing this is something within our power to do so i think one of the things that's really important on this may day is regardless of whatever sadness grief we may feel as individuals with what's happened to the resources in our planet 
it's really valuable to connect to your personal power, even though you may feel incredibly disempowered against corporate decision-making, government decision-making that isn't about uh, what's best for not only the planet, but the overall survival of all the species on the planet. Remind yourself that attitude, affirmation, uh, belief, your energetic optimism is much more powerful than we allow ourselves to think. I mean, part of the seduction of the power forces, people who are just continually saying this is the way it is, you need to be afraid, you need to arm, you need to do this, you need to do that. The whole orientation is to keep pounding that uh that mallet into the <laughs> into the psyche that makes that makes one feel defeated afraid powerless and so it's really important and i'm talking about this because on may day on the first pluto goes retrograde and Pluto represents the parts of our unconscious that we're least able to access. It is the realm in which our innate decisions happen. So we get to predetermine how we're going to shift that when we're conscious of what's going on in the unconscious. But it's it's work it's an uphill battle because the whole realm of the unconscious is to pull us under to have a stay in that dark unknown place the thonic place that's all about this is what has always been and the the joy but the work of consciousness is to crack through that seemingly impenetrable surface and to let not just the light in because it's not darkness is not negative it's simply that it's like this at least this is my personal experience with my continuing continuing evolution of becoming more conscious and dealing with my own personal demons is when I, I become aware of something that I've never been aware of. It is empowering, but it also then, it, it, it it's as though it, it puts me in a position where, okay, you've mined that terrain but there's more there's always more <laughs> there's always more to dig into and unfold and i you know i i sort of wonder metaphorically if the the this the search to dig to mine to go to asteroids to to find new realms to mine and and 
dig and reveal. It's this, it's this pioneering mentality of more or getting certain kinds of wealth or things that we don't have yet. And yet it's, it's always missing the dark inner realms of the unconscious, you know, mental and also the spiritual realm. So on a day like Monday, when Pluto is retro- going retrograde, and it go for people who clock it, it goes retrograde at 1.09 p.m. Eastern time, which can be adjusted depending on where you are on the planet. It goes void of course, the moon goes void of course, rather, at 7.53 p.m., And so when the moon is void, of course, before it enters Libra, which doesn't happen until uh, the wee hours of the next day, 2.09 a.m. on Tuesday the 2nd, when all of this is going on, so the evening into late evening until early next day, and Pluto has gone retrograde, this is a wonderful time with the moon in Virgo, to allow yourself this meditative shift. Okay, what is it that I'm avoiding, that I haven't dug into, that I'm afraid of, that I feel disempowered by? And to simply turn that switch, I invite us all to consider what does it feel like if we're sitting there in our quiet space and inviting in the possibility that things can look different. How can they look different? What would create the momentum of the shift? And when Pluto goes retrograde or when it goes direct, part of what happens over the course of the shift is things are starting to get unearthed. And when it goes retrograde, what's happening is we're going deeper. We're mining deeper. And depending on your process, that could be a time of revelation. It can also be a time of avoidance. But one of the things I find interesting with this happening right in between the eclipse season, which we were talking about, Um, the past couple of weeks, is that we have this invitation to bring in real cataclysmic changes. But we have to decide what it is that we're working with and what maybe we don't want to look at right now. And not that it's going to go away (laughs) because it's not going to go away. But each of us gets to decide how much we're going to deal with what's in front of us. And you may be thinking, but I can't avoid dealing with this. I just got a, um, uh, uh, a health diagnosis, or I I have to move, or I have to change jobs, or I lost my job, or I'm going through divorce. I don't know what Pamela is talking about. Well, what I'm talking about is that 
there are changes that happen and we then are left with how we react to the change and what we decide to do with the changes that are in front of us. Even when it feels like we have no choice, there are subtle choices that can be made because you're listening to this podcast. You're not in a totally disempowered position, which there are people on the planet who are, who don't have podcasts to listen to, who don't have food to put in their stomach. So recognize the privilege of your position, even if it feels like you're disempowered. And then know that you can do something with that. Even if you just get as far as inviting in the possibility that you might be able to do something because part of you feels like it's not possible. So I was talking a lot about Pluto retrograde, which is important. Now I'm going to race through the rest of the week. (laughs) So on the 2nd, May 2nd, as I said, the moon enters Libra at 2.09 a.m. And once it's in the sign of Libra, We are in energy that is moving towards the full moon that will happen. We are in the waxing moon cycle. So this is a time when we are building. And it's not that you can't build when the lunar cycle is not supporting you in the same way. It's just that when it is, things can move much more quickly especially if the lunar energy is working with our personal horoscopes in some way. So if you know where that Libra moon falls in the area of life in your horoscope, that's the area of life where there there's an emphasis of concentration, whether that's going on for you or not. In the sign of Libra, what happens is we are able more to mitigate, to have conversations, to weigh in balance, That's part of what happens with the emphasis in conversation, in legal advice, in things that have to do with expanding into uh, other ideas that may be contrary to the ideas that you've been um, so entrenched in. And this can create more, more options It can create some overwhelming options over the next couple of days. And so the important thing is that we focus on what the priority is. And so what are your priorities on Tuesday and on Wednesday? And if you stay with that, you're going to have a more effective time. Know that on Wednesday the 3rd, Tempers can be short as we get into the late afternoon, early evening. So, you know, decide how much you're going to engage with that. And uh, also, of course, if you're moving around, driving, commuting, whatever, be aware of people around you because you don't want anger to kind of run up against you. Um, and, And so that's why... The important thing is also be clear on where you're at with 
expression of anger and also knowing what it's it's working on teaching you or showing you. That eases down in the evening of Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we have a high opportunity time of really um, communicating clearly, which runs from really just the early, early hours of the morning before actually dawn even happens in Eastern time. So this can look different depending on where you are on the planet. So the important thing is at that point in time, just know that it's it's really keen to kind of problem solve. So for those of us who are dreaming, inviting in a dream conversation, revelation, especially remember Pluto is retrograde, we might wake up with this kind of, huh, that's how I should approach the situation. So it can be uh, offered to us in that way. The moon goes forward, of course, at 5.17 a.m. on Thursday the 4th, and then it enters Scorpio at 10.32 a.m. And this is when we are building towards that full moon that happens. Now, this can be a very challenging day. And I say that because um, some of the geometric positions that that moon makes when it travels are challenging it's it's like truth to power stuff and sometimes that happens within you or it can be actually a conversation or an encounter you're having with somebody it can also be something that just you realize or comes in it may be financial it may be uh, something that's got to do with what you actually believe in. And so it can be subtle in that it can just be, huh, wow, I hadn't thought of that before, or I can't believe this is happening. And then what's important is to allow it to process. There's a picture in the sky between Venus and Neptune, which is challenging on Thursday. So this also is saying to us, okay, you know, what do you care about? What do you most value? Where are you putting your personal investment of time, love, money? And this is all building towards going into that that full moon eclipse And there's also a picture in the sky between Venus and Jupiter, which is auspicious. And it speaks really about getting in alignment with that investment of time, love, and money. So if if whatever we've worked through, we get in better alignment with it, we are beautifully poised for excellent manifestation at this time. So the eclipse is exact at 1.34 p.m. on May the 5th, Eastern Time. And as we're building towards that eclipse, we're in this energy that's kind of volatile, but that's not necessarily bad. It really is asking us to invite in people who are on board with where we want to go, what we truly want to express, what we most believe in. And that's the most important thing about this particular eclipse cycle, because we are, as we talked about um, a 
couple of weeks ago, we are in this echo of time from the early 2000s. And when we're in this echo of time from that point, and think about the early 2000s, those of us who are old enough to remember them. I mean, what was going on? It was this wild time post 9-11 in the United States when there was a lot about war, about building up with arms, about real polarization, about what people believe in or think they believe in, and this us against them. Uh, And that's what came in with this second millennium, which is totally counter to what energetically the two is about. Because the two, yes, can be about extreme polarities, and that is what we have been working through. But ideally, and we have to do it fast. I mean, that's the thing about this time in which we're living in because of our technology. We have to come to terms with this quickly because it's so important for overall life and fruitfulness of generations to come. So if I'm sounding like this is a critical time. It is. And that's why it's so important for each of us to feel like we have a place here and there's a reason why we're here. And it doesn't serve us to be afraid, to be polarized. What serves us is to gently erode things that seem to keep us separate and to invite in more connectivity. So the this eclipse in Scorpio, <laughs> so the Taurus sun is infusing that Scorpio moon, and it is about releasing into transformation, accepting, surrendering, allowing, transformation. We are all strong enough to do this. We all have the raw material to do this. And when we do it together, we are absolutely powerful. Saturday the 6th, we are still energetically feeling the vibes of that uh, eclipse energy. And there's this lovely, juicy tremendously fertile morning where we can do all kinds of things to just continue in whatever theme we're doing of creative exploration, renewal, and uh, making new things happen. Moon goes void, of course, at 10.38 a.m., and it enters the sign of Sag at 4.04 p.m. So that day is very much about restoring, meditating, doing things in the theme of whatever allows that creative exploration of inviting in the new. And when the moon enters the sign of Sag, there can be this buoyed up optimism. We are in the waning moon cycle, but nonetheless, there's a buoyed up optimism. So I would say, invite in wonder this week and you will be rewarded. 
and have a beautiful weekend. And now I turn it over to Susie. Thank you so much, Pam. And what's interesting with the Pluto retrograde and with the full moon on Friday is that this is actually um, called Wesak or Vesak. Wesak, it is the birthday of the Buddha or the, mm. or the Enlightenment. So interesting that it's all falling together. So let's do our little meditation now then on on being lit up, <laughs> being enlightened. Okay, I invite everyone just to take 10 little minutes to just find a moment of peace and just take a deep breath. And whether you are a Buddhist or not, it's just interesting to understand what this is. So for some people, you might know all this information, but in Buddhism, there, there is no single God, there is no creator. And for that reason, we could think of Buddhism as not a religion, but more as a science and a philosophy and it is definitely an exploration of the mind. And when we're meditating, that's what we're working with, the mind. And historically, Siddhartha Gautama, who was also known as the Buddha, he was born as a prince. He was very wealthy, had a wife and family, and he lived in an area which is um, today, it's in Nepal. and. And when Siddhartha realised that, that wealth and luxury didn't guarantee happiness, he went out to find something else that might. And when we look around us, when we think of our happiness, when we look at the world around us, we can see that, that wealth and luxury are the things that most people are trying to attain for themselves. That being just a little bit of wealth so that one can have a roof over their head and that they can eat, which is where much of our world is. And then those beings, those humans on our planet that have zillions and zillions of dollars and live in ultimate luxury. So there's a very, 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 very huge spectrum. And we ourselves are somewhere on that spectrum in the material world and also we're on that spectrum in terms of our desires, what we are aiming for, what we would like in our lives. So just take a little moment to notice within yourself, where you are in the material world, what you want more of for your own happiness, for your own satisfaction, for your own sense of achievement or safety, 
and notice what you would be able to live without. Just take a moment to notice that. And then as we come back to understanding the story of Siddhartha, he travelled the world as a homeless man, as a holy man, to learn about the world. And, of course, he saw suffering. He saw sickness. He saw people dying. And the one thing for sure that we all know the only one thing is that this physical life will end. And after exploring and meditating, Siddhartha became very spiritually aware and one could say that he understood the meaning in life and very simply we could call this enlightenment. And then... At this is the time when he went from being called Siddhartha to the Buddha. And the Buddha doesn't mean a god. It is simply a title. It's not his name. It's just means enlightened or awakened one. So it is something that we can all become. And in Buddhism, it's something that we believe we all actually are underneath. So we're like this big chunk of coal. And if we dig deep enough, dig into that darkness, into the dark, hard coal, we will find the diamond mind within us. So we all have the diamond mind within us, purity clarity, understanding. It is all there, everything within this being, within this consciousness, within this being that now is sitting here in meditation. And each year on this day, the Buddha Day, there are celebrations throughout all of the countries where Buddhism is. There are many deeds that people do on these days, good deeds. They take part in chanting and meditation and pujas, ceremonies. It is a day where we reflect on the teachings. It's a day when we bring offerings to the temple to our teachers, and we share food with people. And it is a day especially of becoming aware and remembering enlightenment, that we are all enlightened within. And we can use the symbol of light on this day, lighting candles, to show, to outwardly manifest enlightenment, awareness, and that what is of greater importance for all of us is not obtaining wealth, obtaining luxury, but obtaining 
loving kindness, obtaining a clear understanding of the meaning of life, of our purpose here is to be in this deep state of compassion all of the time and to hold on as much as we can always to this state of neutrality, not being forced into these extreme polarities and seeing that this is the realm, this is the place of suffering. We do get sick, we do suffer, we do die. But with the same ability, with the same energy, we also are able to be strong, to be loving, and to make the very, very most of every precious second we have here as humans on this planet to help others, to be in service, to break down this tremendous disparity between all of the different sufferings, to make a mark in this world. Whatever, wherever we are, we can act with kindness and help others. We can share what we have. We can be generous, generous with our words, generous with our understanding, generous with our wealth, whether we have $5 or $5 million. We can be generous with our laughter, generous with our kindness, generous with our wisdom. And on this day, there is a special ceremony performed in some Buddhist places called the Bathing of the Buddha. And this is when water is poured over the statues of the Buddha. And this is to remind us to clear ourselves of so-called negative thoughts, to clear ourselves of greed, of hatred, of the disturbing emotions. So let us use this time now to bathe ourselves and to really allow ourselves to remember that we are the diamond mind and we are the manifestation of loving kindness itself. Gently opening our eyes. Love now. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you so much, Pam, and see you all next week. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.